Are you afraid of trying something new? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And in our interview segment, we have Natalie Megalis, a musician, entrepreneur, and baking extraordinaire. We hope you enjoy the episode today. And remember, something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. Are you afraid of trying something new? Here's the thing. Great leaders are always looking for ways to try something new. When something isn't working, they simply stop and look at what else is possible that I haven't thought of. I often see leaders that come to me stuck in a pattern of doing things the same way over and over and over again and expecting different results. So one of the first things I do is sit down and say, okay, let's take a look at what is working and what isn't working. And what are the same things that you've been trying over and over and over again? I think it's an important reminder because oftentimes when we're in that pattern, we don't remember, hey, try something new, something I've never done before. This is not our natural instinct because anything new requires risk. And oftentimes leaders aren't in a position where they can have a lot of risk or take a lot of risks. So spend a minute slowing down and thinking, What's one thing I haven't tried that I'm willing to try knowing that it might continue to fail and not work and do it anyway. After you do this, track your results. What did you notice? What came up for you in the process that originally you were resisting? And what are you glad that you took a chance on? I hope this tip supports you in trying something new. Today, I get to spend my day with the awesome Natalie Megulis and Cake Rageous is her business. She has a voice studio. She's a fantastic singer. If you have not heard this woman sing, you need to go to her website immediately and check her out. The thing that I want you to know about Natalie, the reason I called her up is I think she is one of the most brave and courageous women I know, and she's full of life. Every single moment that I have spoken to you, Natalie, um, ever since we met, I have just been swept away by your light in the world and your energy and who you are. So welcome to the show. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. Jeez. Yeah. I, just want everybody, I just want everybody to know how I met Elena. So in case you were wondering how this girl shows up in the world, we were doubles in an opera and we were both playing this really fun character, Lady Pamela. It was so, so fun to be playing that, you know, role with you. And I remember just like, kind of like scooting off to the corner of, of um, rehearsals and be like, hi, can I borrow that thing you did? And just so generous and it was just so fun. And it was so, uh, just one of my most favorite memories of performing was that particular show. And, um, and then looking into, um, doing some coaching myself and I, I saw that you were doing it and I, you know, did some sessions with you and it just changed my life. So go to this girl's website and hook up with her for some life changing and explosive, you know, shifts in your whole entire whole entire life. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for that. I'm, I'm excited to be here to celebrate you as well. 
So you are so, so kind. I'm, um, I'm just honored you would be here and I can't wait to get into everything we're going to talk about today. So tell us a little bit about your home life and what's going on right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's been, um, you know, just so many months of just the messiest house. (laughs) Um, and yeah, usually I have, you know, kids cycling in and out of my house all day, you know, for my voice studio. So, you know, I stand at the front door and I do a scan like, boop, 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 boop. where is the visible mess? Like, where are the sight lines? Let me shove things in a closet out of, but at least it's, you know, <laughs> it's livable for humans to enter. And then it was like, no one was coming in the house. And I'm like, why would I pick up this pair of sweatpants? I don't have to do it. I don't want to. Um, so exactly. now we're, you know, I think it was like we watched every single Marvel movie. We ate all the things. And now I think we're reaching an equilibrium again. Um, so we have little, we have little homeschool stations set up. So we have, you know, little homeschool stations for the kiddos and we got, um, you know, their little area set up and, uh, you know, we're all just doing things on four different laptops and, um, the Wi-Fi is being stretched. (laughs) (laughs) We have two routers now and several holes in the wall with, uh, you know, uh, trying to (laughs) string extra cords around, but, um, our backyard looks amazing because we worked really hard on it because we weren't going anywhere. Um, and I, yeah, I have to say it's been, it's been wonderful to spend this much time with my husband and kids, because we're always in, my husband's an entrepreneur too, and we're always in separate directions. And to be the four of us as a unit and not just like tag, tag your it, tag your it. It's awesome. <laughs> and all of the memes floating around about like, what a time to be childless and, you know, get some more, you know, wine pouring. And I'm just like, I mean, I'll drink the wine, but also like, <laughs> let's have a family movie night and watch back to the future. Cause we need to educate these children. on glory. Oh, <laughs> so I mean I you know and sometimes I feel like bad you know kind of saying it everybody's like how's how's homeschool going how's everything going and I I know so many of my friends are um having a hard time and you know kids are just having it's hard it's just hard um and I am so very lucky that I'm in the position I'm in to make my own schedule and so I feel kind of guilty being like actually we're doing Right. <laughs> well, I mean, but listen, this is what a lot of women, you know, I half and half, right? And it, it, I guess yeah. it is a very privileged conversation to be able to even feel guilt. But um, one of the things I've been talking about is what, instead of feeling guilty, you know, what will you take on? And that's what I love about you, Natalie, is that no matter, since I met you, you were an entrepreneur. You and I have always had our hands in multiple things, right? And so you were never yeah. the singer that was just gigging all the time. Not that that's bad. But, you mm-hmm. know, you, you were the one that wanted to do multiple things. And that's yeah. why you had already started a studio, a voice studio, long yeah. ago. I remember long ago you were full. <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. I think it's, it's fascinating that um, your way of life was already set up. And this is something that I, that I talk to my coach a lot about. Like, what can, be, what can we own or be responsible for about who we were being mm-hmm. before the pandemic? What do you see in that for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like, um, so this is a story I always tell is, is that um, Jay and I didn't take a vacation uh, for like seven years. You know, so the first, we went on our honeymoon and then for seven years we didn't take a vacation. And, um, you know, we were busy and we we're kind of hustling and doing our thing. And then, you know, we came to this point um, 
you know, we'd gone through some things. I ended up miscarrying our third baby and it was just like, Mm. boom. Um, and I think that's right around the time we started talking, you know, we catching up again and it was just sort of like, okay, let's slow down. Let's, you know, make it happen. Let's go somewhere. And then I said, you know, it's the reason we haven't taken a vacation in seven years is because I don't have a life that I need to take a vacation from every day. And this is one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, this idea of vacation every day that you can wake up. I just want to be excited to wake up every day and to do what I love to do. And I always say I retired at, I think it was like age 25 because I, that was what finally when I you know quit my restaurant job for real and I was just working for myself. And the person I was before the pandemic was a hustler and a creator. And uh, I have to figure out how to do this and I'm, I'm going to figure it out. And if you tell me that it's going to be a challenger, you you know, I don't know. It's like, well, then I want to do it more. And the idea that um, you can always create more for yourself and that's up to you. And I've watched some of my friends in the area. There's this pizza, I have to shout out Brothers Pizza. Listen, they, (laughs) and it's heartbreaking to see businesses kind of break down. Yeah. And there's so many challenges that are out of people's control, but, uh, they're this amazing pizza place in Hamilton and just, oh my gosh, it's multi-generational and the whole family works there. It's such a like full of life place. And when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, like they were online, like, Hey, we have, we have, um, you know, paper towels, we have toilet paper. You want to buy some cans of beans? Like they took all of their back stock and they just like, oh, wow. they pivoted, they pivoted hard and yeah. they are, you know, they did, uh, you know, make your own pizza kits and they had people pick Perfect. up that dough and they did such a great job of pivoting and just every step of the way they figured it out. And, um, you know, here's, they have a, uh, they opened up a, a bar right across the parking lot. So yeah. you can, you know, sit on your app on your phone and order from the bar and they'll walk it over to the outdoor patio to you. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, what is this going to be now? And I love the feeling of, um, it's like this double-edged sort of like loving the feeling of being in control. <laughs> so it's, you know, at the same time, this pandemic kind of blew apart this assumption that we were ever in control to begin with, yeah. but at the same time, you can create your own reality. And that's, what I have tried to carry over here. And it's uh, even just the, the cake stuff, starting this cake business. And, and it's something I've always, always done. And I've never talked about it because it's just something for me that brings me joy. And I remember being in college and, you know, ooh, what's the latest episode of Cake Boss? I have to be, you know, here to, to yeah. watch Cake Boss because it was like before DVR, I was like running home to watch Cake Boss and um, Ace of Cakes and learning all of that. And everything else is, you know, from YouTube University. And <laughs> Just the best. Yeah, like (laughs) (laughs) right. So, um, and it's just something that you don't expect to survive in this you know chaotic kind of time. But when people can't, they're just looking for a shred of normalcy. So when they can't celebrate and have a huge party, the cake is the one thing they might do for their kid, and it's the one special thing that they can take into that day. And just like every single student, it's I want to give something that will enrich their life and make their day better and make them feel empowered to go and follow their dreams in this small way. It's like, if I'm not getting applause on stage right now, not performing. It's like the, um, I started delivering some of my cakes too, because, you know, my husband pointed out to me, like, Natalie, you just face it. You need the attention. You like the attention. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it's so hard for you. Yeah. It's like, I married him because of my mirror, you know, because of all the stuff I don't want to see sometimes. But um, so supportive and 
he's like, you're just creating art into this vacuum. And maybe you just need to, you know, see the, the impact you're making, even with a cake. And I'm like, you're, you're right. As much as I don't like to admit that I like the, the uh, accolades. I mean, I do, I do. Oh, <laughs> I'll just admit it. I love it. I think I have three dogs. I'm like, at least somebody <laughs> watch you when I come in the room now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, well, but listen, we have to talk about these cakes because they really are. I mean, Natalie, hidden talent galore. We're not just talking about cakes. They're there. <laughs> Bomb ass cakes. When you started posting them, I was like, has she been this whole time? And nobody knew. And then yeah. you said, yeah. And just watching yeah. people get so excited about what you create. I mean, legit, I was going to call you for Aaron's birthday. And then, but we have a tradition where we make each other's cakes for each other on our birthday. That's nice. So I was I like, like that. can I break tradition this one year? Because our cakes are awesome. <laughs> so I'm still going to call you for one. But I mean, to, to your point, I think that pivoting in the pandemic it's just another way you pivoted so quick, especially when students can mm -hmm. come over. And I'm sure you're still teaching online, but even that slowed yeah. down for a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. And then I have a music directing job, so uh, no choir, no in-person masses. And it was just like, I'm not right. playing the piano for anyone right now. So that kind yeah. of went away. And I was like, I have to figure this out right now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, just what other... And being with the kids all day and then the... Um, teaching in the afternoon at night. I'm like, I need some way to make income at three in the morning and I can't be showing my cakes. I have to bake them. <laughs> I have to be a woman of integrity and not, you know, what other, there's only like two things I can think about that I can make money at three in the morning. And one of them is, you know, uh, go to work and one's not. <laughs> well, I mean, um, <laughs> are we talking so I just took this interview to another, another direction. <laughs> No, I love it. I was well, we were talking the other day and you said you were, what did you say something about like I'm not allowed to get my OnlyFans page. <laughs> I like, just is gonna have an OnlyFans and we're just gonna like I'm just gonna be like yeah. icing cakes and decorating them and Legit. You know, people will pay to watch like, me do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> We'll yes, talk to Jay about it. We'll get well, him. My on. husband's the PTA vice president, so no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be honorable. <laughs> problem, <laughs> right? Oh. oh my gosh. Well, Natalie, I I want to go back to for a second. Actually, I mean, because you talk about working at three a.m. and having kiddos and doing all the things, and I even hear in that that you're doing what it takes to yeah. to do the thing, but you're still living life from vacation mode. How are yeah. you? that? Um, I'll tell you the most effective method is <laughs> coffee. Sugar. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, um, it's just, it's one of those things that you just have to do what you have to do. And I've actually gotten a few new voice students. I had a bunch of seniors leave me and this was also the year that I was going to pivot anyway, away from, you know, I, I had such a crazy schedule, like Monday through Friday, Saturday mornings, just like from school, you know, after school to bedtime, just loaded with students, church on the weekends too. So I had like this tiny window of time that I, you know, had free on like a Sunday afternoon or late Saturday night that I would make for my, you know, family to see the children I birthed. Um, <laughs> so my little one is in kindergarten this year. So it was, you know, I was going to shift to more daytime students and just, you know, having more, more time at night open. Um, and I, even in this situation, like, could I have hustled for more voice students? This is the first time in years and years, I I'm not on a wait list. Um, I had like 10 Ooh. seniors graduate this year and I purposely, you know, didn't try to fill those spots so that I could have more of my nights open. And yeah. I'm like, I'm actually still, yes. Could I, at this point, you know, we get in our zone and it's like, here's the things I can make money, um, 
you know, a lot of money in a short amount of time. I'm good at it uh, because I've spent 20 years getting to a point where I can charge what I charge for a lesson or for my performances or for my um, music directing or, you know, playing organ or whatever. And I, could I make so much more money in as quicker amount of time teaching and getting more voice students and actually, you know, finishing my website and getting, you know, advertising for the first time. And I said, I'm still not willing to give up any shred of time that I've worked so hard to get to this place. And this is something we talked about, you yeah. know, back in the day, I said, um, I would rather stay up all night till three in the morning, making a cake and be able to put my kids to bed instead of, you know, taking that one extra lesson that's going to push me into a late night. I'm just not willing. So I, I know my limits, I think <laughs> in terms of sleep and, and whatever, but I, I try really hard to, um, meditation is just such a thing. And I love, um, you know, my, my boy Eckhart Tolle, you know, with, uh, <laughs> so in the middle of the night when I'm already like, you know, hallucinating cause I'm so tired, I sit up late and just, I listen to YouTube videos and I'm listening to all of these. I've got into some things I shouldn't listen to at two in the morning, like, you know, parapsychology and like afterlife experiences, like near death experiences, but it all, this stuff, I've had this like spiritual awakening of, you know, like this fast of, and I'm fasting on, you know, um, sleep. Um, yeah. oh my goodness. But, <laughs> one of the things he says is, you know, to sit there in a room, you know, for an hour a day and meditate is not always going to work, but, um, my life is very, very full, but he said, you know, try these mini meditations where you're noticing as you're washing your hands, that's a meditation. You just notice how the water feels on your hands and you notice how, you know, the soap smells. And just in that tiny moment of something you're doing anyway, something we're always rushing to the next thing in that moment, it's like, all that matters has book, the power of now, like all that matters is right now. Mm. And for me, it's like, there, I have to do what I have to do to, you know, function in the daily, you know, business of life. But late at night at three in the morning, when I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I do have to catch myself and just do this instant kind of meditative thing where I'm like, you don't have to do this. You get to do this. Mm. You don't have to answer to anybody else. This is the life you wanted and created where you are in control. You have chosen to be up at three in the morning doing this cake because you don't want to sacrifice any time with your kids. And just slapping icing on these cakes and just like the perfect lines. It's just, that is a meditation for me. So it is in a way I'm, I'm also, I'm getting less sleep, but I'm getting so much extra time for myself and reflective. And I, I try so hard. It's just cake, but I try so hard to make it, um, whether or not somebody is going to, you know, be so excited as, as excited about a cake as I am to make it, it's still something that is for me because it's of my creation, you know? So yeah, and you pour your soul into it, but I also hear that you just have this, like, this shall be about entrepreneurship. And I'll yeah. Have, right. Like, I mean, yeah, gosh, I'm with you. If I ever have to work for anybody again, I'm like, no, <laughs> I know. I just, but why, you know, it's, I could make, I could just work as hard, just as hard making my own dreams come true as I can making somebody else's dreams come true. And then I get to decide everything that happens around it. So it's, it's like a, yeah, it's, it, it has to be because I could not want ever to work for anybody else ever again. I actually kind of love the fact that, um, you know, I, I walked into, I did a communion service yesterday and I sat at a piano bench and it was like, easy, just easy. Cause I've done it for, I've worked hard at it for 20 years and I, it's easy for me to sit down, pick the music on the spot and just recite, read or play what I have to do. It's, it was beautiful and it was everything it needed to be, but you know, like, where's the cheapest butter? Oh gosh. And it's like, I kind of love feeling scrappy again. And just, there's such a rush that comes from like, just kind of scrapping together all of this new knowledge and gathering things. And mm. it's, it feels so exhilarating to 
it's like whatever that thing is in the brain, the, you know, that the new experiences, whatever that thing that lights up, <laughs> you know, that yeah. part of the brain, it's exhilarating. It's so silly, but like, where is the cheapest butter? I have to find the cheapest butter, but that's just a piece of the, the next thing that's going to get me to where I'm, I'm going with this. Like I, I did with my studio, like I did with my performing, like I did with, you know, having a baby. And then in the hospital, I was like, Oh, I've only changed one diaper before in my life <laughs> and figuring that out on the fly, you know, and they're alive still. I, I mean, they're still alive. I'm really proud of them. them alive. <laughs> I get them alive. Oh yeah. Um, well that's, I'm actually curious, like, what did you have to give up? What belief? I, we call it limiting beliefs in coaching. I, you know, you know that as a trained coach, but it's like, what did you have to give up to be able to step into being a mom, being an entrepreneur? Like what's that thing? I think the entrepreneur thing, there's, um, I think the, you know, there's, there's a, a few different things. One is everything's going to be okay because it has to be, <laughs> um, what other option is there? You know, whether, what other option is there? The, the feeling like if I choose this, I might not be okay. And it's actually funny because it's still, you know, a thing that I cycle through all the time. Um, are my kids going to be okay? Like trusting myself to know that, yes, your kids are going to be okay. Coupled with the limiting belief of what is everybody else going to think? I'm not good enough. What is everybody else doing? I'm, I'm not doing this well enough. I'm not doing that well enough. Um, seeing, you know, so much of my business with the cake stuff comes from online yard sale sites. And like, I need a cake, Hamilton moms. And me would be like, hi, I can make your cake. Oh, it's do you want it tomorrow? Okay, sure. Um, but seeing all these like other people get tagged and like, I know they're pastry chefs and I know they're trained. I know they, you know, and just being like, am I good enough to make your cake? Um, and like, oh God, I, sh I should just let the pastry chefs do it. And, uh, the advice from well-meaning, um, older women about, you know, mom advice and being like, no, I, I know what you're, I'm afraid of what you're going to think, but I still, I have to trust that I am good enough. It's just, I think that's the overarching, you know, limiting belief. And with the singing and, and the teaching, like I don't have an education degree, I'm not qualified to teach, but my brother is a music teacher. And he said, Natalie, you have to remember, like you have all this experience, the kids coming to you for the first time, they don't even know how to breathe yet. Right. You'll be fine. They don't know how to stand up straight yet. You're so much further ahead than you think you are. Um, and that bell curve of like, you know, experience versus like, <laughs> you know, um, self-confidence. And I think yeah. I'm kind of getting to, you know, sort of the downgrade of like, I've put in my 10,000 hours for singing, oh, yeah. and for momming, <laughs> you know, for momming, it feels like 10,000 hours, yeah. but, uh, it's the knowledge that, um, and even with the coaching stuff, like, uh, going to, the program and hearing all the things like, what is your niche going to be? What is your niche going to be? What is your niche going to be? And thinking I had to create this whole new thing, but really I'm like, my niche is teenagers who love to sing. And I already do hey, that. I already right. do that. So, and I don't want to do any, like, I love my, my teaching and my, and just realizing that like, you know, all the other teachers in the air, like, oh, I'm not good enough. Cause they have, you know, they're talking about the, you know, 50% critical thyroid engagement versus the written. And I'm just like, what I do, that's not realizing that's, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not the teacher who's going to tell you about the vocal formant percentages or whatever. I'm just making that up. Um, I'm not going to be that teacher. I'm going to be the teacher that when you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm not good enough. I'm like, yes, you are. And that's all a kid needs to hear sometimes. Like I'm the life coach voice teacher, you know, I love it. <laughs> like that's what I am, but it's something I still have to battle every, every day, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, 
yeah. So I think, I think that's just the, the biggest thing. It's very broad, but, um, and also the other thing that like, everybody's looking at me, no one's looking at you. Just live your life. No one's looking at you as hard as they, you think they Everything are. And if they are, story. that's their problem. Yeah. If they are, that's their problem. And you get to just live without other people's permission, mm. you know? Oh, that's so good. So tell me a little bit about you and Jay. I think that the two of you have the like most incredible marriage. Um, oh, thank you. And hearing you speak about your relationship and your support for each other, what's it? Well, tell people how long you've been married and, and what the support yeah. system is like. <laughs> <laughs> so we just celebrated our 11 year anniversary, wedding anniversary, nice. but December 3rd will be our 20 year anniversary of being together. So we got, and you're, you're like girlfriend. my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, Oh, I found a nice one. I'm just going to be lazy. I don't have to, Oh, it's too hard. Not going to look. <laughs> Listen, our, we put our cat on Tinder just to like laugh. <laughs> yes, Gizmo is on Tinder. Just because you know, late night we're like, what do we do during the pandemic? Let's put our cat on Tinder just to see. Um, and even just it's such a picture of a cat, and people are terrible. I'm like, oh, thank God, I was just like, you're nice, great, forever. He is amazing. He's like awesome. The <laughs> first time I fell in love with him in high school, his nephews came over to hang out. Uh, his youngest nephew was six months at the time. And the older one was, um, around six or seven. And I watched the way he played with them. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then, you know, I, we had a conversation later. It was like 16. We were 16 and 17. I said, you know, I, and 17. Yeah. Let's 16 yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, uh, I don't know if I want kids someday. I just, eh, whatever. I don't, I don't like kids. <laughs> um, I still don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, and uh, I remember him being very serious as like this 17 year old boy and saying like, I mean, you know, and we talked after three months of being together, we were already talking about when we get married, when we get married, when we're together someday, when, you know, we have a life someday. And I just, I just knew I, it's so silly to say that I, I just knew, I knew he was it. And I remember him getting serious and being like, I, I think we really need to reevaluate the future of our relationship. If you don't want children, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> and it's just like, he's always been that person who knows what he what wants want? and what his future is going to look like. And I was like, I was like, I mean, okay, maybe I'll, all right, I guess I'll have kids. <laughs> So, um, but the, the kind of father he is just like made me fall in love with him even more. And the, the cool thing about being together for 20 years is that I'm not with the person I was when we were 16, 17, no, I've had don't. like four different, it's like, I get a new boyfriend or husband, like every three years, he just like molts <laughs> and becomes like a new creation. <laughs> it's always exciting, but it's based on just the the core i mean besides the love part cuz that's just the, you know that's just there it's just history um the thing that holds everything together is the respect mm. he respects he doesn't always agree with the crazy ideas i have sometimes like you know visiting my brother in Massachusetts and be like, Oh, I'm going to be a gym tourist. I'm going to check out a new gym. Let me find a trainer that I've never met before and go meet with them in their basement, you know, four in the morning to, to work out. And he's like, oh. that's not a good idea. <laughs> so he's, um, I would say he's the anchor to my balloon and I would just like float away into the stratosphere with all of the, you know, just wild ideas I have. And he is the, he's the anchor that holds down that balloon and kind of like, he is the, you know, <laughs> I was looking at your question. It's like, who, you know, what's your assistant's email? And he's like, Jay Dugan at, <laughs> but, um, we just, whatever the other one 
doesn't do, the other one does. And we are just, we function really well as a unit. And he has never been uh, in the way of any of my dreams. He has let me, even if it means sacrificing time together, even if it means sacrificing money, even if it means sacrificing just, I don't know, the electric bill <laughs> so that I can go by, you know, whatever, not that we're doing that, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, if I wanted to not pay the electric bills, so I can buy like another industrial mixer for my baking. He'd be like, okay, great. Like let's, let's I bake some cakes. Um, yeah. and vice versa, you know, I, we've just kind of lived in this, I think it's the best case scenario where we are two whole people and we get to share life together. And mm. that's always been that's always been our relationship. And I think because we've never spent any time together, it's probably why we still like each other. <laughs> but even, you know, shoved into this situation where we're together 24 seven, like I just, he's my best friend. I just really like him. Like, he's just great. <laughs> he's just cool. Yeah. Um, and I just admire um, his talents. And I think we're, we're just like each other's super fans. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I really wanted to highlight it because, um, you know, I, I've been talking to a lot of women on this show about support and what their mm -hmm. teams look like. And he just seems like a big part of your team. And we often hear about like the woman behind the powerful man. And I mean, really, this has been the man behind the powerful woman. And oh yeah, <laughs> how, how cool that that is and that it's possible. I, I think that's what I want to highlight is I think that a lot of women feel like that's still impossible in today's day and age. And yeah. uh, you've created it. Yeah, it's for sure. I mean, and he is the one who really is the anti, um, gremlin, you know, every time I'm like, Oh, I can't, he's like, yes, you can like, stop it. Yes. Like you can do, here's what I've watched you do. And he reminds me of who I am and he holds up that mirror and I, I try to do oh, the same so for good. him. Um, <laughs> but he, he is, it's just like, he talks me off the ledge and he really is the reason behind so many of my successes because he just shoved me out there. And as much as I look on the outside, like I'm, I am this, um, hundred percent extrovert and just, and I, I am, but the, what it takes me to get there sometimes, I mean, he's always been the push, you know, massive um, support. Yeah. And everyone needs it. Yeah. I mean, Aaron too, his favorite yeah. line is, where is my powerful partner? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So what do you hope to see for the world? I hope that people start being nice to each other. <laughs> um, so in my 3 a.m. haze of listening to all of these near-death experience interviews, <laughs> we're just going to go right there. Uh, we're going to teleport. Yes. You know, it's all a hologram. It does Nothing matters. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> and whether or not you're a person of faith or you you know, believe in this metaphysical thing or whether you want to just believe in like scientific materialism and like, you know, whatever the building blocks and it's all atoms and quarks. Either way, you can listen to these interviews and say this person has had a profound experience and they all have this amazingly transformative change in their life after they experience this thing. Mm. And every single time, every single time they say, what I learned was, you know, what I felt was unconditional love. I've never felt unconditional love like that in the presence of, you know, and I think anybody can experience that search for it. If you, if you meditate, if you actively search for this thing. Um, and it's so tempting to get in online fights and just <laughs> the comment section is like the sense. Oh my gosh. And all the forums. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, 
we're there's 7.5 billion of us. We're not all going to be the same. We're not going to think the same. We're not going to, you know, do I internally I'm like my lizard brain want to slap people for their beliefs sometimes? Yes, I totally do. Um, but I think the idea that we, if we keep striving for that, towards that unconditional love, and that means, um, you know, really having to find a way to work with the people that we, I'm just going to say hate sometimes that yeah, we feel yeah, that yeah, yeah. we, I mean, just look at the internet. It's like just this visceral hatred just per pervades so much of this activity and we have to work together. And in addition to being nice, we also have to realize that one person is not going to change the world for us. And we have to stop waiting and feeling like what's on the news and what's going on in our communities and what's going on with people in positions of power is going to, it's like, we're just waiting. It's like, Oh, I have to wait until, you know, I see if we're okay. Are we going to be okay? And yes, do real, you know, nuts and bolts laws and legislation really affect people? And do we have to fight against, you know, all of the, uh, the systems in place? Yes. Yes, we do. But also we don't have to wait for somebody to sit in the big chair at the top to change our communities for us. You know, Thank the you. fact that we're waiting, we're waiting yeah. for this one person. It's like, a, who's in the chair now? Are we going to be okay? Or are we not going to be okay? Just stop it. You have control over what happens in your home. And whether or not I had this beautiful experience, um, early motherhood exhaustion, feeling like I was just getting it all wrong. And I went to this women's group at this church. I only went like once or twice. And I just was like in this, like, I wasn't doing enough. Oh my God. Like juggling a newborn and like, a, you know, two jobs and going back to work after, you know, two and a half weeks after giving birth or whatever, or three and a half weeks, um, like wasn't enough. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I have to, I have to work on my spiritual self. And I, you know, and this one woman said, you know, you know, you don't have to go on a mission to some, you know, country to build change in this way in your spiritual life. She's like, you know, what does the Bible say? Like to, you know, whatsoever you do to the least of my people. And he said, this woman said, um, you're wiping a butt and that's the least of his people. <laughs> and that matters. She's like, every time you wipe a counter, countertop or a clean a toilet, she's like, you're serving your family and you are catering to the least of his people. And it's, creating what you can where you are in that moment. And that's in your, in your own heart and mind first, you know, before you get to the top, before you get to, you know, picketing and, and protesting and changing legislation, you have to change this first and this first, then you start with your family. Then you start with your neighbors face to face, not online talking to human beings. And it's, you know, I so often just be like, Oh, like the trigger fingers have me like the unfriend button. I just want to, I want to, but I, I hold myself back and, you know, I keep in touch with people who I, I really don't agree with and, and they are <laughs> wild on the internet. And then I meet with, a, with them in real life. And I remember seeing them face to face, like they talk about their fears and they are just scared people like <laughs> you and I, and the rest of us, they're just, yeah. Fragile, we're all just fragile humans trying to figure it out. And it's, um, I have to find the, there's a, a woman who does this beautiful work online. Um, and it's all about, you know, kind of social justice working towards like racial equity through the eyes, you know, the lens of being a you know, Christian. Mm. And she said, uh, she kind of hesitates to comment on, on the specifics of how people act and, and whatever. She said, you know what, this is just the messy part of sin. This is the messy part. And whether you want to call it like mm. sin or human nature or whatever perspective mm. or lens you want to see the world through, it's the messy part of sin and working through seeing somebody with that unconditional love, even when you want to knock them out, <laughs> it's so hard. But I think 
to, to answer, you know, to kind of fully circle back to your question, that's what I, I want to see for the world in this year. And just, yeah, everybody kind of got knocked off their feet with realizing what's actually important. And, oh, we can't actually see grandma right now because she's in the nursing home. We're not allowed to see her and finding the creative ways that people still, you know, want to be connected. And we have mm-hmm. to stop acting like, you know, the syndrome astronauts experience when they just see the world, like it was like this little ball for the first time they come back to earth and they're like, why are we fighting? This is so stupid. You know, we're just, we're all here on this like ball. And like, we're creating literally imaginary lines in the sand and yelling at each other when we cross these lines that we've created, you know, just these, these little ants running around. It's just to just whoop, pull back and see what is important and how we, one person can make such a difference. Uh, and if everybody just- one stepped into their power. Um, and that's what I want for the world. If every single person stepped into their power and stopped waiting for everybody else to create their reality for them. Hell yes. Yeah. Step into Just your saying. power. That's your sign. <laughs> <laughs> your sign for the new year. Step in. <laughs> yes. Go. If you move your head just a little bit to the left, you can put that little crown on your head. See the little dinosaur <laughs> crown. Oh, oh, this one? Here. Oh, <laughs> there, you little basketball crown. there you go. Oh, perfect. Look at that. I need to... I need to reposition myself permanently. <laughs> Step into my power. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh my God, Natalie. I love you so, so much. I love you so I much. Mean, thank you for today. This conversation <laughs> is incredible. And you're just, you are pure passion, power, light, oh, and glow, you. and um, service, and divinity, and source. So thank you. Thanks thank for sharing you. your wisdom. Thanks for sharing the gold. Um, and more importantly, I just love you so much. Thanks. I love you so much. Thank you for creating this space for, for me to step into. That's right. Power. <laughs> and for you to showcase your very amazing talent of being able to facilitate these conversations and oh. bringing out the best in other people. So thank I thank you. you for that. And celebrate and acknowledge you. I love to you. steal from your coaching. Let's <laughs> <laughs> celebrate and acknowledge you for. <laughs> Jay and I say, by the way, Jay and I say that all the time. And I'm like, He's like, I just want to celebrate and acknowledge you. I know. Hashtag thanks, Elena. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. There's always going to be something about